In this episode, we get to talk to, once again, our really good friend and therapist. Not that she's our therapist. She's just our friend who happens to be a therapist. Yes, she's our friend first. Oh, for sure. And she's not our therapist. No. She wants to make that clear, even though (laughs) she kind of is our therapist. She kind of is. Don't tell her. Maybe she doesn't want us to say that she's our therapist (laughs) because we rarely do what she says. I think we're just too far gone. That's probably it. (laughs) Should we get to it? <laughs> anyway, this episode features Kimberly Anderson. Yay. Love her so much. Yeah, we'll get to it in just a second. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl and her partner who's trapped with her during COVID. COVID, you're killing me. (laughs) We're all just trying to figure out our lives here, kids. True. That's what we're trying to do. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. And we still love each other. We do. We do. We really do. We've got a little snippy Uh once in a while. It's true. But we're working through it. I made dinner last night, so there's that. You did. I was so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the funny thing is I have made 10 million dinners in my lifetime. And then when I got divorced, I was like, I don't want to cook anymore. I'm just so over it. I did it so much. And it's been pulling teeth for Mary to get me to cook. And so I did. I know. It's a celebration every time. Yes. Because guess who doesn't want to cook every single dinner? Hmm. You? Mary doesn't want to do that <laughs> either. I haven't had to cook for like nine people. To be fair, I give you that. But I still have to cook. That's why I go out all the time mm-hmm. when it's not COVID. Mm-hmm. Because who wants to do that every night? Well, I sure don't. And yeah. it is COVID. And so... We're cooking more. I cooked. What did I make, Mary? Do you even remember? Oh my gosh. Yes, of course I do. It was for some reason... This ground lamb 
Sorry, guys, we are not vegetarians. <laughs> That's just not going to happen for me personally. Mm-hmm. So we had little baby sheep. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't call them babies. We had old, mean, tired of being on this earth, humanely euthanized ground lamb. Made it into a hash. Does that make it sound better? It makes me do you feel, feel better? better. I do. I do. Um, anyway, made it into a hash. It was delicious. Thank you. I seasoned the meat with ground. Is it cumin or cumin? And I swear I we've had know. this conversation before I, I on the know. pod. Tomato, tomato. Yes. No tomatoes, though. Nope. There were no tomatoes there. No, no tomatoes, tomatoes were harmed. harmed in the making of this dish. <laughs> we've been together too much. Only baby sheep. No. There were not babies. We this don't is know that. Just personally, I don't eat baby things. They call them lambs. Well, they don't call it like a sheep it was steak. bleeding at me. <laughs> sheep oh <my> steak. <laughs> mutton. <laughs> I think mutton is young lamb, actually. I thought mutton was old, tired. No, I think mutton know, is young lamb. One hoof in the grave kind of a situation. <laughs> I don't know. Fanny fact check. What's mutton? Poor Fanny. The, the longer <laughs> we are in quarantine, the weirder our questions get. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, speaking of Fanny, and I don't know if it's going to be on this episode or not because we haven't gotten there yet. We're just barely <laughs> recording it. But she's going to be starting a new segment. Yeah, for, for us. us. Uh-huh. I know, and it's... We don't know what to call we it. We don't know yet. the name yet. I we, was uh, thinking of scripture dips. No, you don't like that one. It's just very not Mormony. Okay, well, it sounds like right. Bible school. Well, you like all the, need to come up with a we working Mormon-y on it. We're working on expression it. for what's happening. But she's going to try to explain the Book of Mormon to us one Verses. verse at a time, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to hear from her. I'd like to hear from her every episode. We'll see if we can work that out. But yeah, as much as busy, we can. She's a busy, busy Relief Society president. Oh, for sure. <laughs> is she? Uh-huh. <laughs> One time or another. Uh-huh. For sure. By the way, people trying to guess who that is in real life. It's not me. It's not me. No. Nope. And it's not Diana. It's not. So, and it's not Kimberly. It's not Kimberly. So nope. We're, we're marking the people <laughs> off. <laughs> Go through all of the 5,000 friends on my friends list and we will eventually yep. get um, maybe to Fanny. <laughs> anyway, can I keep telling about my dish? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Old, grumpy, ground lamb, (laughs) flavored with pepper and cumin, Uh or cumin, however we say this. And a little salt. A little salt, of course. Uh, And then I had little bitty cubed sweet potato, little bitty cubed. How could you kill those innocent sweet potatoes? (sighs) They were, it was their time. (laughs) We all have a time. (laughs) When God pulls your number, Uh or whatever the fuck that means. Uh, Also, little bitty cubed. Turnip, which I thought was rutabaga. Mary and I fought over this fact. We didn't fight. Then we asked Echo <laughs> slash Amazon Prime you lady. You said, what is that vegetable that's about yay big? What is that called? And I was like, I don't know, uh, turnip? And I said, no, I think it's rutabaga. And you were like, well, how big is it? And I showed you with my hand. And you're like, no, no, it's for sure a rutabaga. No, turnip. Which, a turnip. Which cracks me up because we're fighting over what it is according to the size of it. Fight. It wasn't a fight. We were discussing. It was a discussion. And someone needed to be right. We were discussing whether it was a turnip or a rutabaga. And Mary's and we were like, both wait, right. Mary's like, show me what size it is. I'm just making up a size in the air with my hand. I'm like, it was like this. She goes, no, no, no. Well, that's for yeah. sure a turnip, which is hilarious because it turns out, what, Mary? They're the same thing. <laughs> same fucking thing, kids. Turnips and rutabagas are the same so thing. So I would say rutabaga is about the size roughly of a grapefruit, and a turnip is about the size of a large orange, probably. Mary, they're the same thing. I know. They're the same in fucking thing. In this case, size does not matter. <laughs> 
She threw out some other names for him, too, some other synonyms. And I don't remember now, but there are some wacky ones in yeah. there. Fascinating. Wait, wait, I'm not done. Oh, my gosh. We're still talking also about kale. this hash. Also kale. Yep. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. And then I made a sauce to go over your bowl of hash, which was— The sauce was killer. Yeah, oh, thank you. It was chopped mint. I chopped it. Chopped fresh mint. Okay. Chopped, chopped, by, chopped hand. by me. Mixed with yogurt. A little bit of olive oil, salt, pepper, and a few squeezes of lemon. Nice. There's your recipe for the day. That was delicious. Thank you. Okay. Speaking of recipes. <laughs> Here we go. Do it. <laughs> for some reason. We weren't guys, busy enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had some downtime, down minute, mm-hmm. where I decided to come up with a cooking show <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> when Mary told me this, in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? We don't even have enough time to eat I know. food, much I know. less. Okay, but you know what, baby? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Okay, so maybe by the time this comes out, there'll be two episodes. There's one on there right now, and it's called The COVID Cook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mary does all the graphics. She did uh all the filming. She actually made me leave our house while she filmed. Yeah, because I needed some, you know, privacy to do that. She keeps her shirt on the whole time. Yeah, I did the editing. I didn't write the music, but I Mm -mm. put the music in and did the music cues and all that stuff. Where can they find it? Yeah, so the easiest thing is to go to the website, which I promise by the time this episode comes out, the website will be up and running. It's called Cooking for COVID. The number four. The number four. Cooking Cooking number four. COVID.com. And you can access episodes that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I took this on. Should we uh, (laughs) take on another project? Oh, I was thinking about beginning to write my memoirs. So there was that and possibly be a CBD oil distributor. So (laughs) I'm not sure where that came in. I was like, what are you doing? I got distracted at work and some website came up. I mean, I yeah. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) COVID is getting the best of us, kids. It is. (laughs) We don't know what's going on. Kicking my ass. (laughs) We're not sure what's happening. I I don't know. But yeah, cooking for the number four COVID.com. Check it out. I'd love your feedback. Because here's the thing. I was like, you know what? Everybody is in this boat of not wanting to go to the grocery store and we're Mm -hmm. all just winging. Recipes. We have to cook all the time, mm-hmm. you know, looking through the pantry and the fridge and stuff and trying to figure out what to make because I do most of the cooking, as we've already discussed. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I could make. I have this, but that's not quite right. This called for this. I don't have that, but I've got this. I was like, well, you know what? Let's just make it a cooking show. I'll just video these experiences of throwing the crap together mm-hmm. that, of whatever I find and we'll turn it into a show. Yeah, it sounds easy. Might take an hour and a half, you know, uh, or days. Eighty-seven hours worth of work later, Mary has produced an eight-minute video. Not even. I think, <laughs> this, even I think the first episode's like four, oh, four and a half it. minutes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so check it out. And if anyone goes on there and gives it a bad review, I'm coming after you. Uh huh. Yeah. You don't want to piss Shelly off. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has some ground lamb, and she's not afraid to use it. <laughs> ground, old, angry, mean mm-hmm. lamb. Okay. Angry, mean lamb. Anywho. Did we get off track? No. Okay. Should we get to our interview with the lovely, the compassionate, the loving, amazing human that I know as a friend, Kimberly Anderson? I say yes. Should we get to that interview? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So, Shelly, we have a special guest today. And dear, dear friend. Dear, dear friend of ours. Not our therapist. Dear, dear friend who she just, just happens, happens to, to be, be a, a therapist. therapist. Everyone needs a friend who's a therapist, <laughs> I'm just saying. Especially during a pandemic. Yes. <laughs> so COVID-19 is getting a lot of people down for good reason. 
You know, the economy's kind of crazy. People are out of work right now. People are stressed. People are trying to manage uh, full-time jobs and also their kids in the background and also homeschooling. There's a lot going on right now with people stuck at home. And it can be a very frustrating time, can be overwhelming. And there's no toilet paper. People aren't getting together with friends. And yeah. so, you know, a lot of extroverts are going nutso just staying inside all the time. I'm losing my mind. I know. I'm Well, not just extroverts. We don't want to leave out anyone. But it's just a kind of a crazy time. So we were talking to Kimberly, and she was like, you know what? Let's do a podcast. Let's let's talk about this. And so that's exactly what we're doing. Kimberly, we are going to turn it over to you. Wait, let's have Kimberly introduce herself and tell us all of her letters. Um, <laughs> and so we are now reintroduced in case people are just joining us and didn't listen to our amazing end of 2019 episode with Kimberly. Okay, go. So the funny part about that is, is I have gone back to that episode and listened to Mary's favorite part several times. <laughs> Which one is my favorite part? Well, you shared with me that your favorite part was when you said it's like uh, we need to have some sort of an intervention, and I yell back at you, and I say, this is the intervention. (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite part. That's pretty funny. (laughs) So, my name is Kimberly Anderson. I am an associate marriage and family therapist practicing in California. I have a Master of Fine Arts degree from Utah State and a Master of Arts degree from University of San Francisco. And I've been practicing here in California since last, oh gosh, let's see, June mostly in residential treatment centers with eating disorders and behavioral health concerns for adolescents and adults. I hesitate to mention letters because letters can be misleading and they can be very informative. We all kind of have some sort of a letter. We're either, you know, I'm transgender, so there's a T. Mm -hmm. I'm also very lesbian. There's an L. Very. I'm also super, super queer. There's a Q. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess we like labels, right, as a society? I think it makes it easier for us to know who it is that we're talking to. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like language that says, I don't see color. Right. I don't like that phrase. I think it's imperative for white people, particularly, to see color. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I don't like the language where people say, uh, why do we have to identify as LGBTQ? Can't we all just be people? And I think it's really important for us, if we're queer, to identify publicly identify how it is that we are. Because I think youth and other people that are queer, they need role models and they need community. Otherwise, they're going to just be closeted. Yeah, that's true. Completely. Yeah. Certainly, with, with my work as a therapist, it's important and it's imperative on me to be able to accurately label people if they need a diagnosis or if they don't. That's true. So, a lot of what I do now professionally is actually working very diligently to provide an accurate diagnosis, which is different than a label. Sure. But yeah, it's kind of in that same idea. Yeah. And you know what? I am personally proud of my L Mm -hmm. for Lebanese. Just kidding. I'm a big old lesbian. I don't even care. I'm a big old lesbo. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. I like it. Exmo lesbo. I I kind of like the entire thing. Well, and there are four more letters. E-X-M-O. Exmo lesbo. So claim your letters, people. That's right. Be proud. And you know, Harvey Milk said this too back in the day. He said that every queer person really needs to be out. Yeah. Uh, He actually issued kind of a challenge before he was assassinated for queer people to be out and be visible because it's important for uh, society to see that we are actually real people and that we're normal. Yes. That's what it took for me to start accepting my lesbianism is to see normal queer people. Yeah. To see that queer people aren't just... Like crazy, selfish, 
trying to destroy the traditional family. Like, that's all the, the crap that I was Y'all can have with. the traditional family. I, it, <laughs> I it had doesn't the even traditional family, <laughs> and it was lame. Yeah, me too. I had it as well. I loved my traditional family, and I still do. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's no longer a reality for me, so I have to create new ways of exploring and identifying family. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. Okay. I'm all about creating new traditions anyway. Yes. We talked about that last week, I think, that these patriarchal traditions handed down from our patriarchal ancestors, religious forefathers, it's not anything that I want to continue passing down. When do the feminists and the lady folks get to pass down traditions that are good for us instead of good for the patriarchy? Yeah, we have a chance to redefine who we are and what our traditions are now. Yes. Absolutely. On our terms. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll just share a couple of things that I've been doing in the past, well, month really, in order to build community and to find ways to connect with people that are isolated, specifically during COVID. Uh, LGBT people, as we know, are marginalized in a lot of different ways. And one of the ways we're marginalized is we don't have a community readily available. And when we do have community, it's usually pride celebration. It can be a drag bar. It can be a gay bar. Uh, it can be, you know, those places where we congregate in, in uh, person. And now that we don't have that ability, one of the things that I've been doing is creating virtual community via Zoom. And I have a weekly Zoom chat for queer people. Uh, It's interesting because it ends up turning into a transgender support group. Most of the people that come are trans, I think, because they know who I am. And that's been going on for three weeks now. Uh, That's on Sunday afternoons. You can find my Facebook page. Everything I post is public. So like, if you just found Kimberly Anderson on Facebook, you'd be able to find the links to those. But then in the past week, we have actually formed a remarkable new uh, nonprofit with some gentlemen named Adam Trimmer and Michael Ferguson. I'm not sure if you know who those individuals are. Tell us. I'm going to read you. I just asked them before we started. I said, send me a couple of sentences about who you are. Here's Michael Ferguson. Michael Ferguson is a neuroscientist at Harvard Medical School, where he is pioneering the new field of neurospirituality. Interesting. Yeah. He is a survivor of insidious and acute conversion therapy traumas, which he experienced across most of his 20s. He is also the named plaintiff in Ferguson versus Jonah, a lawsuit which shut down a conversion therapy clinic in 2015 for consumer fraud and unconscionable business practices. Wow. Wow. So that's Michael Ferguson. Yeah. Adam Trimmer started a grassroots effort to unite survivors of conversion therapy in Virginia. Adam provided visibility for the survivor community in regulatory and legislative conversations around Virginia. Adam is also a conversion therapy survivor. They asked me to join their group, and we sat around Facebook Messenger all night on Monday night, actually figuring out what to call this thing. And the words conversion, therapy, and recovery kept coming up over and over and over. I'm like, oh, CTR. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) This is sounding very familiar. CTR. Get your old Uh ring out. Start wearing it again. (laughs) It has a new meaning. So what we discovered was the CTR logo is actually trademarked by the church Mm -hmm. in only one area, and that is the area of finger rings. (laughs) (laughs) So you can do what you want with it. We appropriated the shield and the font. Yes. And we dropped in an inclusive LGBTQ flag in the background. And that is our logo, and that is our name, Conversion Therapy Recovery. That's oh my God, awesome. I love it. CTR for short. I love it. So we are taking those symbols and those ideas that have been used against us, and we're using them for us. That's fantastic. This is the first group that we know of in existence to provide peer-led grassroots support for conversion therapy survivors. Oh, love that's, that. That's so needed. That is fantastic. Yeah, we had our first meeting last night. We had visitors, attendees from Canada, 
New Jersey, Utah, Arizona, California. Uh, it was amazing. We had 14 people there. Um, I am the only one in the group that was not a survivor of formal conversion therapy. But as you, we all know, uh, Mormonism forms very oppressive environment or an oppressive bubble. Mm-hmm. We are encouraged repeatedly and not so subtly to change our gender identity or our sexual orientation. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that Mormonism from birth, you are experiencing conversion therapy because of the way that you are taught that you're supposed to be. Right. And, and, you know, conversion therapy itself— Convert to our way. Yeah, convert to our way. But conversion therapy that you're speaking of, obviously, is—I is, don't want to say more traumatic, because you don't know how people are suffering. And this was one of the discussions that we had, because I, quite frankly, consider myself a survivor of conversion therapy efforts. Yeah. And we're calling it sexual orientation, gender identity, SOGI, S-O-G-I, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. gender identity, SOGI conversion efforts. Now, a lot of people experience that in religious settings, but it's not formal, you know, one-on-one meetings with a therapist or a clergy or a pastor. Mm-hmm. Our group has decided that we are looking for specific survivors of a formal conversion effort. And many of our listeners are, actually. Many yeah. of our listeners. Well, and that's, and that's why I want to point this out or bring it up in the podcast. And I thank you for this, because this is the first time we've really announced it in any kind of media. This is like breaking with you guys. We literally had our first meeting last night. So how do people go about finding it, getting involved? I mean, if you're just starting it now, is it to the point where people can start getting involved? Yes, we had 14 people attend last night. Uh, many of those individuals, this was the first group therapy they'd ever attended in their life. Oh, wow. wow. Good for them. That takes some bravery. Yeah, it was an incredible amount of bravery and vulnerability. It was it was absolutely beautiful to see. Yeah. So how do they find us? They find us on Conversion Therapy Recovery on Facebook. We have conversiontherapyrecovery.org is registered. We are on Twitter and we are on Instagram too. Very cool. This is going to be so, so helpful. Yeah, for sure. I love even, that. Even just for people realizing that they weren't the only ones who went through that. That's one thing that we've discovered with the podcast is so many people who go through trauma think they're the only ones who who went through it, so they just kind of keep it quiet. But when you hear more people talk about their trauma and how they're working through it, it makes you brave enough to talk about your own trauma. And that's that's how you start, I think, is just talking about it. Well, there has been in the past, and I recently discovered this or learned this, there were efforts to keep conversion therapy survivors separate from each other and not have them learn about each other. That, they felt, was the best way to help them. Wow. And what we're learning in trauma recovery is that people need community where they can process their trauma. Literally, as you were saying, Shelley, the sharing of the story, the owning of your narrative, it is incredibly powerful, and it heals your brain neurologically from trauma. Wow. And many people from the group last night checked in with me today, expressing a great deal of relief, a great deal of optimism, a great deal of happiness and joy about their lives. Wow. That is a neurological function of healing from trauma. You know, that's interesting. I think most people who have never been to therapy don't understand how that works. But we've had, again, so many people write in to get their stories out, and they've said at the end of their letter, oh my gosh, I've never written that down. It feels so good to get it out. There's just some sort of connection with the brain, going to the pen or the computer and seeing the words and, you know, revisiting what you've gone through and sort of understanding like, yeah, that that was fucked up. You know, it's almost like you erase how fucked up it was until you talk about it again. And then you can start to really examine what has happened, who you really are, how to heal. You have to get it out there. 
Well, and the, the owning and the telling of your story is part of this kind of acceptance and commitment therapy. ACT is a very common thing we use for trauma recovery. Owning your story by writing it down or speaking it, that's part of also the, the process of recovering from grief, this idea that we accept this thing that happened to us. So just the act of sharing or writing that story or even speaking it out loud is part of that acceptance and that grief recovery, trauma recovery, betrayal recovery, codependent recovery. So maybe right now during this COVID lockdown could be, if people are ready, a good opportunity to just start writing your shit, yes. you know, get it and get it out there. And share it with us. Yeah, yeah share it with us <laughs> or share it with Kimberly. I'm going to push back on that just a little bit. I think that the writing down of the story without any expectation of sharing it at all can be uh, a good place to start. Share your story with yourself. Absolutely. Share your story with the only audience that truly matters, and that's this inner audience that is the one that's hurt. Yeah. If you share it later on. Now, I love the idea that with the LDL letters that are coming in, that's, those are wonderfully powerful. But I think if you're at the very beginning of this process, just writing it with the intent that no one else will see it. That'll get you to be the most honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And sometimes I think people aren't ready to get it out there. And that's totally, totally fine. Of course, it's fine. Like, this is, this is your process. This is your healing. We don't make the rules about that. One thing we have noticed is some people, when we've read their letter, they have written back in thanking, not us, but in a way, thanking us for our reactions to the letter. Yeah. Like, they didn't realize how fucked up it was. So we're reading going like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and because it's almost like, again, your brain sort of wants to not hurt. And so it just, it'll look back and be like, yeah, it wasn't so bad. People have gone through worse, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then it just stays in you. Your brain is desperate not to hurt. Yeah, mm. exactly. With these traumas, what it does is it compartmentalizes them. It dissociates from them. It causes you to have holes in your story. If you read the diagnostic criteria for PTSD, it talks about this idea that you can't remember the thing that happened to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what your brain does to keep itself from being repeatedly injured. Right. It takes that event and it puts it way over there so that you can't even see it. That's how you know you have trauma. Yeah. There was a story that someone wrote in, their story, and it was just so eye-opening to us to see how she just casually wrote, you know, and then I was raped when I was nine. And mm -hmm. it was like almost among a laundry list of other events. Like, yeah. It was almost glossed over. And then we get to it mm -hmm. and we were like, put on the brakes. Whoa. Holy crap. What yeah. is happening? Yeah. She said, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, because her letter was like, uh, so I woke up and I had Cheerios and, and then I went like to the that. store <laughs> and then I got raped by my uncle and then blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it was so just kind of listing trauma along with normal life. And yeah. that mm -hmm. took us aback. And Mary was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We're not skipping over this. It was like a punch in the gut. Yeah. And we feel like it's super important to take time and honor those experiences and validate the people telling those stories, yeah. you know? We're not going to gloss over it. No. We, we're going to make sure we rail against it, and we're going to point these things out, and we're going to try to validate everybody. Because this stuff needs to be talked about, in my opinion. And as Kimberly says, the first step is just get it out there so you can look at it, you yeah. can examine it. Because yeah. we all have these things hidden in like these doors in our brain mm -hmm. where things are behind there. And when we're ready to open the door and look at it, you know, that's a whole process right there. And, and taking that first step and getting it, getting it down on paper is fantastic. So yeah, question for you, Kimberly, uh, along these lines. I have found that I tend to get more angry and emotional about someone else's experiences where 
mine are just as hurtful, but I tend to kind of not think about mm-hmm. it. Do that's you, that's do common, you, isn't it? Yeah. Do you see that? The pe- in your groups who are like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that to you, but they've had the same thing happen to them and <laughs> right. they're like, meh. Yeah. So, so minimizing and dismissing, diminishing your own trauma is another sign of trauma. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, there you well, they go. Have it. <laughs> and, and so then sometimes I'll think, you know, if someone was telling me my exact story, I would be crying for them. Right. And so hurt for them. But a, a lot of times as I was telling my story, it'd be like, you know, then this happened. And Mary's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. You just, you do, you, you minimize it. I don't know if that's self-protection or embarrassment or you don't want to talk about it. Like, what what have you seen, Kimberly? It's all of that. It's, it is embarrassment. Okay. It is some, some denial is in there. Yeah. It happened to me, but it wasn't that bad. Because if it happened to me and it was that bad, I'd be a quivering puddle of mush on the floor. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it happened to me, but it wasn't that bad. I'm tough. I'm a bootstrap kind of gal or person. Right. You know, I could be resilient. I'm tough. And it's part of this societal perception that vulnerability is a weakness. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that these harmful things happened to me because that makes me vulnerable. And I'm afraid people will see that as me being weak. Yeah. When we really know that statistically speaking, this happens over and over in my groups, when other people show vulnerability, the people that are witnessing the vulnerability see it as a source of strength. Yes, absolutely. Over and over and over again. When we are vulnerable, we are perceived as strong. But when we are the one that uh, has the risk of being vulnerable, we see it as a weakness. Wow. Interesting. I want to make sure that people understand this. When you are vulnerable, it is owning your story. It's creating a pillar of strength, and it is demonstrating to others that there is tremendous power in vulnerability. Yeah. I love it. How do you go about being vulnerable and then not immediately just wanting to never talk to anyone ever again? Because we just recently had someone on our discussion page talk about coming out to their mom Mm -hmm. and the mom's reaction was not good. And then this person, you know, ended up with suicidal thoughts and I, I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And when you are vulnerable and you get shitty reactions, how do we deal with that? I'm just breathing because I, I feel that, that when we are vulnerable, sometimes that vulnerability is used against us. Mm -hmm. So there are two ways that we can look at this prior to the disclosure and after the disclosure. If you are preparing to disclose or to be vulnerable, make sure you're doing that with those very, very most trusted people that you know are going to be okay with you. Practice your vulnerability on the safe people. Yeah, yeah. That's such good advice. Oh, yeah. I mean, someone may think they have a perfectly fine relationship with a parent, let's say, but they also know that parent's views on LGBTQ issues, potentially, and maybe it's negative. Mm -hmm. So just because you maybe have had a good relationship doesn't mean that they're the safest person to start coming out to. You know what I mean? Right. That's really good advice. Thank you. And also, then we can think about it post-disclosure. If you have a poorer response from the person that you've shared with, you may need to redouble some boundaries. Mm -hmm. You may need to figure out a really effective way to communicate things like, uh, when you are negative towards me about my core sense of self, it makes me feel X or Y or Z. Share how this person's behaviors make you feel. Turn what they're doing directly into a cause and effect with you. Don't make it about them. Right. When you speak negatively about me, I feel this, this, this. Mm -hmm. 
confront them with the idea that they are doing something and it's causing you to react. Now, they might turn that on you and say, well, when you disclosed to me that you were queer or gay or trans, it made me feel this way. That's fair. You can't control their reaction to what you're sharing. Mm -hmm. But if what they're sharing comes back to you as harmful and damaging, it's really important. It's incumbent upon you. And I know this puts the queer person in a lot of, uh, we're asking a lot of heavy lifting from the person in their vulnerability, which is hard to do sometimes. But you may need to say, you know, we can't talk about this anymore. Yeah. When I shared with you my truth and my reality, I was hoping that you would be a support to me. And right now I'm seeing that you are not a support to me, so I'm not sure I want to continue discussing this. Just put a hard boundary on the discussion at all. Yeah, that's that's really smart. Because otherwise, you know, you're potentially opening up yourself for more criticism. And it's, you know, you don't need that, right? Especially yeah. right now when you're, if you're potentially dealing with coming out for the first time, yeah, you need allies, you need supporters. And shutting down those uh, negative conversations might be the best course of action. Yeah. So, Shelly, this sounds like a good time for a break. I agree. We'll be right back. We are supported by one damn good brew, apostate coffee. Specifically, the Lesbian Medium Dark Variety, a delicious roasty, toasty blend that's sure to make postal workers in remote Mormon towns super twitchy. <laughs> yep, we have a firsthand account of that one. Sure do. This yummy java is roasted in small batches, so it's super fresh the moment it arrives at your doorstep. And hey, it's named after us, so that's reason enough to give it a shot. I know it. So ditch that grocery store crap and give the Lesbian Blend a try today at apostatecoffee.com. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Hello. So let's talk about like this COVID era that we're in right now. I'm on, the, I think, week five of really a hard uh, self-imposed quarantine here in California. I speak with people who are scared of the people that they're quarantined with. Mm. They're afraid of them. Oh, wow. They want to come out to them, but they don't know if it's safe or not. And so my advice to them is keep your head down. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut. Stay safe. Everyone's stressed right now. Yeah. Yep. Keep your head down. Keep your mouth shut. Stay safe. Stay closeted. Sadly, mm -hmm. that's really crappy to ask queer people to be closeted longer. Yeah. And it might be the thing that saves them from more abuse, from more trauma, and potentially more harmful things. Absolutely. I know nationwide, um, the calls for abuse, to not, the 911 abuse calls have skyrocketed, um, especially in Utah County. Way to go, Utah County. Wow. Yeah, domestic violence is up. Partner violence is up. Intimate partner violence is up. CPS calls are up. All these things are up because we don't know how to work through our emotions mm -hmm. with these people for long periods of time. So yeah, stay safe, you guys. If you're not out, stay safe. Yeah, that's great advice. It might not be the best time right now to tell your husband that you're a lesbian. <laughs> or your wife that you're trans. I mean, or your wife that you're gay. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. Or your parents that you're queer or anything. Yeah. Find your community. Find your safe community. Identify that community online and make those connections as often and as safely as you can. I know that this, we have a, a group called Gender Spectrum here in the Bay that's a national organization, and I attend facilitator support meetings, and these facilitators are asking for help uh, making sure that their space is that the facilitator is safe. And one of the things that we constantly have to do is make sure that the camera isn't showing things in the background that don't want to be seen. Maybe they don't want their face to be seen. Um, maybe they don't even want their name to be seen. Uh, and maybe they don't even want their voice to be heard during the Zoom call. 
by their parents that are in the next room. Right. Oh, yeah. Can you create a safe space to build community? Because if you can't even do that, that that's put you in a very, very difficult position. So make sure that when you're sharing with your community that you are safe from the people that you don't feel safe around. Very true. Always log out of your Facebook um, when you get away from your computer. And your Gmail. Yep. yep. All of it. Clear your history. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we have Latter-day Lesbian Podcast Discussion. That's a group of ours uh, on Facebook. And I'm not going to brag, but we have amazing people in there who are very supportive, mm. um, very kind, very interactive. And I would just encourage people to find a, a space like that to join and just sort of watch and maybe start to talk a little bit. Well, text a little bit, whatever right. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kimberly Anderson, what else, you know, kind of COVID-related are we seeing? Um, advice? What have you? Well, I think I think one of the things that's really important for people right now is this ability to regulate their emotions. You're going to be feeling all kinds of things. You're going to be feeling grief. You're going to be feeling all kinds of un- unresolved or disenfranchised grief. For example, the seniors of 2020, they're not graduating, yeah. quote unquote. I mean, they'll end their school, period, but they don't have a graduation ceremony. Yeah, that's sad. That sucks. So they're mourning the loss of all these milestones of their senior year. And I know that there's a movement around to share your senior pictures on Facebook. I actually uh, have read a lot of graduating 2020 seniors say, that doesn't help me. <laughs> right. Wow, yeah. It doesn't help me to see your graduation picture on my Facebook page because I can't do that. Plus, no one wants to see the perms and the big hair anyway. So, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably, I mean, some people might take it as a rub in the face, you know, like you got to do that. I feel because I was a, a high school and college athlete, I feel bad for the senior athletes that didn't get their senior year mm. um, on varsity to play their game that they love so much. I mean, you could say for, I was a chorister, for lack of a better word, and I wouldn't have been able to get my spring concert in. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know? And there are some scholarships that are dependent on performance in the junior, senior year of high school. Basically, on every level, people are hurting. There will be a national grief. Yep. Everybody we know, literally, without question, is impacted by this. Mary and I, um, as far as COVID goes, I mean, you know, we're not really suffering. Our, we can still work our jobs, meaning we're not suffering like we're out of a job, we can't pay rent, we don't have food. Like, we're doing fine. But even for us, where we're kind of able to live relatively normally, we just can't go out to our favorite restaurants, it's still hard. It, you know, we bicker more. It's It's just hard. And so I can only imagine how much harder it is for people who are stuck yeah. in like abusive relationships. They've lost their job. They've lost their spouse. They've lost their yes. partner. They've lost their children. They've lost their parents. There will be so much complex grieving and PTSD after this and during this. I actually checked my Amazon orders today. I have a new workbook in cognitive processing therapy specifically for PTSD. I'm committing myself to learn more ways to teach resiliency, to learn more ways to process trauma. You know, prior to COVID-19, my emphasis was was trans and LGBTQ, and it still is. And it will be further enhanced and further focused by the trauma-informed training that I will be getting. And I think that it's going to be really important for everyone to understand this is a global piece of trauma that's going to last for years and decades. You're not alone on your suffering. You are not alone. 
It is so important to build community. So do it however you can without visiting these people in person. I know there's a lot of misinformation going on around quarantining and shelter, you know, staying at home and not visiting people. And what we do visibly matters. Yes. I kind of want to talk more about emotional regulation and things that we can do interpersonally within ourselves during quarantine. I think that uh, since we are all Googling everything right now, I would behoove, I'll use a very Mormon word, Mm-hmm. It behooveth us all oh, to do some Googling on a phrase called DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy. DBT is a set of skills, mindfulness skills, largely designed to recognize errant thought, regroup yourself, come back, center your emotional state, center your uh, anxiety, reset some depression, reset some fear. Uh, there are there's a whole suite, let's call it, of DBT skills that we teach often in residential treatment that are so applicable outside a formal therapeutic setting. DBT skills can include a temperature regulation, you know, changing the temperature of where you're at, splashing some cold water on your face, taking a shower. It can be as simple as holding some ice cubes in your hands. DBT skill um, of mindfulness, mindful awareness. The idea is that we are slowing down our cognition, we are going outside of ourselves, and we are observing the world around us. Do you think, though, you've just talked about what help with, I know a lot of people are suffering from insomnia right now, or anxiety about going to sleep. Uh, I think mindfulness techniques, some of them do work. Uh, I Mm -hmm. want to give a plug for this wonderful podcast called Sleepy Shorts. Mm. <laughs> I love that. That helps people go to sleep, yeah? Sure does, sure does. But I do think that some of the muscle relaxation techniques, very uh, some of the guided imagery can certainly help, and there's lots of guided imagery you'll be able to find. Mm-hmm. I know that there are some YouTube channels specifically for like rain sounds or forest sounds or jungle sounds that are very relaxing. You can kind of put that track on in the background. Melatonin can be helpful. And I know that sleep problems, that is not my specialty. I'm not a doctor, so I can't prescribe anything. Mm-hmm. Melatonin is OT- OTC, so I can feel comfortable in recommending that. I know that some people do need medication for their sleep challenges. Yeah. This is a real thing. One of my best friends, actually one of my mission companions, he suffers tremendously. Oh, wait, did Kimberly just say she had a mission companion that was a he? She did say that. She did. Ponderize that, audience. <laughs> Ponderizing. Ponderize it. <laughs> Ponderizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the spinning wheel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, he su- he suffers uh, sleep problems, tremendous sleep problems that he's relied on medication for years. Yeah. So I don't want to just simplify it and dismiss it as something that you can't relax enough or you're taking life too seriously or just chill out. Because mm-hmm. for a lot of people, this is real. This is real, real stuff. And it will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Like if your only issue in life is sleep, that will affect everything else in your life. Everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes if you have anxiety over the pandemic, like worrying about your elderly parents, let's say, or worrying that a spouse still has to go to work because that's considered essential and who that person's coming into contact with. I mean, there's a lot of worries or worrying that, you know, maybe you're in the service industry and and you're, you're out of work right now. There's a lot of things to feel anxiety about in this time. And yeah, that can result in sleeplessness for sure. Well, and also this pandemic plays perfectly into symptoms of anxiety. Yeah. Symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorders, intrusive thoughts. This is a perfect cocktail to play on individuals' struggles that they have in everyday life 
food insecurity, housing insecurity, employment insecurity. How many things do we legitimately have to be frightened about? Infinite. Mm -hmm. We have infinite things to be frightened about. And we know that we've done hard things. We know that we've come through hard times in the past. We know that we're not alone. And if you're in that place where you're struggling in any of those areas, reach out for community. You don't have to do this alone. Yeah. Yeah. People care. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad we're talking about this because I've seen once in a while a, a Facebook post will flash saying, is anyone else having trouble sleeping? Or my anxiety is, is off the charts today. Mm-hmm. This is happening to most everyone. So don't think that you're the one who can't deal with COVID. It is across the board, I would say. I, I know my anxiety is up. My feelings of being insecure, that's up. I'm having more trouble sleeping, even if I can't pinpoint why. Right. So you're you're not a weirdo. You're not the only one. You're not, you don't just suck because you can't handle it. No, 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 no. This is happening to everyone. It's okay. You're not alone. Talk about it if you want. Also, let's not minimize the idea that parents have a chance to set the culture, the tone for the culture in the home. Mm, yes. We need to make sure that we're modeling calmness. We need to make sure that we're modeling stability. We need to make sure that our children see us not freaking out, yeah. but also know that it is scary and that it's okay for our kids to be to be afraid. There's a wonderful children's book online. Um, I'll send you the link for this children's book. I actually am going to read it on, on my story time with Miss Kimberly YouTube channel. Oh, right. A woman from Ireland has put together a lovely children's book about COVID that helps children understand and process their emotions regarding this period of time. I love it. We need to make sure we give our kids space to process this emotionally. And we need to make sure that we're not the ones dumping our fear, our anxiety, our neurosis on our kids, yeah. because that's an unfair burden. We need to find our own individual space with another adult that we can do that with. I.e., don't tell your kids, it's only the old people that die. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> not healthy, Brent, if you're listening. Not to throw that shit out there. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Brent. Hi, Brent. Kimberly, Kimberly, Brent. <laughs> wow. We're trying not to use any shame or guilt in this podcast, and yet there it is. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just bubbled up to the surface. Uh, cut that, Dan? <laughs> Leave it in, Dan. needs to be said. Okay. <laughs> you could, you know, pick up a phone and talk uh, a little more directly, uh, well, a little less passive-aggressively. <laughs> well, I, just, I just reprogrammed the kid when she came over, so it's all good. And one thing that's also important to remember is that when, when you're in a divorced house situation, these kids might be getting mixed messages from household to household. Yes, for sure. Clearly, yeah. You need to make sure that the bond uh, between them and the other parent, you're not undermining that bond. No, of course not. You know, if the other parent or the other household is giving different information, you can say, no, that's what that person believes. Here's where I'm at with this. Yep. You get a chance to kind of figure out for yourself where you want this to be. Yeah. But if you're in a divorce situation, shared custody situation, please never, never, never undermine your spouse, your former spouse. It's so important. Oh, absolutely. And actually, when my daughter started saying these things, I knew where it had come from. And I, I didn't say, you know what? Dad's wrong or dad doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. I just started talking about a different viewpoint. You know? Yeah, you didn't even mention anything about him I didn't mention him, him at all. Yeah. No. He's wrong and I'm right and here's why. He's an asshole and I'm your hero. Because <laughs> that's what that's the way the kid hears it. Right, uh-huh. yeah. I didn't even address that she'd heard it from someone and was just, all I did was say, well, what about blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. Because kids, they can make their own decisions if they're given the opportunity to do so. I just blamed everything on me. I said, you know what? I have had a history of asthma and bronchitis, so please be real careful. <laughs> Wash yeah, your hands that's a why lot. you couldn't come over for a few weeks, kiddos. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk at all about like next steps for little Miss Kimberly? 
Yes, sure. tell us what's coming. And I want to know more about your YouTube channel. Have you not seen my YouTube channel? It's it's all the rage. It's all around the world. Millions of people are watching it. It's huge. It's tremendous. It's perfect. Millions. <laughs> tell us all about it. It is called Storytime with Miss Kimberly. I am doing a series of reading children's books. I'm working on episode four, and I'm making it entirely too complex by dropping in graphics and having inset shots and pan shots and extra video. and Not surprised, not surprised. And I know, Mary, this editing stuff is hard. Mm-hmm. It is time-consuming. So I'm stuck on episode four just because it's taking me so long to edit. Anyway, it's just fun to think about ways that I can serve parents that might be at home struggling with what to do with their kids. What age group are you targeting? Well, they're, they're not chapter books. They're like Dr. Seuss or, you know, the children's books, where the wild things are. Yeah. Um, I have a really lovely book called Children's Letters to God. Oh. And this is the book that I'm currently editing. Let me read you. <clears throat> I put on my reading voice. So wait, is this story time with Miss Kimberly right it is. now? I'm this it. is a little teaser. Okay. So this is um, Children's Stories to God, compiled by Eric Marshall and Stuart Hampel. And these are actual letters that children have written to God in their own handwriting. Oh. Oh, nice. We can see that. Listeners, you cannot. You can't see that. You'll just have to listen. It's very (laughs) cool. So I'll read two, and these will be very applicable to the audience. Dear God, are you real? Some people do not believe it. If you are, you better do something quick. Harriet Ann. (laughs) I'm with Harriet. (laughs) Do Do something. something. Right? (laughs) Dear God. When you wrote the Bible, you made up all the words and spelled them the way you like. That is great. Most of the time, I do it like that, but I am not doing so good. Ron. (laughs) Ron's struggling. Thanks, Ron. (laughs) Thanks, Ron. (laughs) Thanks for your contribution, Ron. Oh, my gosh. That's good. That's funny. One more last one. Dear Mr. God, how do you feel about people who don't believe in you? Somebody else wants to know. (laughs) Asking for a friend. A friend, Neil. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. These are, I just, I cracked up reading this book. Asking for a friend. Right? So that's, I mean, the audience is children, clearly, but adults have have messaged me and they've said, this is amazing. I love what you're doing. So I'm going to try and do more and more and more. Very cool. And of course, pandemic, right? We have time. Mm -hmm. This is a way to encourage some patience. And I'm the kind of person that wants to go, 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 go. Yeah. So this is like forcing me to slow down. Well, then great. That's perfect. Is that is that hard for you? It is hard for me. I'm one of those people that's kind of an extroverted introvert. Mm. Um, but one of the things that I'm also doing to look for ways that I can help my community is Utah has relaxed their licensing requirements for cross-state mental health and telehealth services. So I've applied for an emergency license in the state of Utah. Oh. And our dear friend, Lisa Tensmeyer Hansen from Flourish Counseling. Love her. She's agreed to be my supervisor when I do telehealth in Utah. Awesome. Hasn't been finalized quite yet because I need to, I'm waiting for a confirmation from the state of Utah. And I'm thrilled to be able to say that in the not too distant future, I will be doing um, mental health through Flourish. Love that. That is wonderful. We are huge fans of Flourish. Huge fans. Wow, that's so exciting. So Good is for that, you. This is remote? Yeah, it's, it's via HIPAA-compliant platform on Zoom. Okay. And I know Zoom has had some issues lately with their security, but they do have a HIPAA-compliant version, which is what we're, that's what we're using now. You can see the little green lockup in the left-hand corner. Yeah. And that's what we use when we're, when we're doing our sessions with our clients is a HIPAA-compliant Zoom. And since I have a supervisor here in California, I can only operate under that same level of licensing in Utah. So I have to have supervision in Utah, and Lisa has graciously agreed to provide that for me. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you have a lot going on. I do. Thank you. And let's remember, getting out of bed, taking a shower, eating some food, those are monumental achievements for many people that are in this. Yes. For sure. Yes. Please, please don't buy into this hyper-productive culture that, oh, since we're in COVID, I can learn crochet. I can learn how to basket weave. Let's build a nuclear reactor in the backyard. We don't have to do all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Just taking care of ourselves is good enough. Staying home, quite frankly, is the most important thing you can be doing. Yeah, you're taking care of yourself and others by staying mm-hmm. and others home. You're you're being empathetic. You're being responsible. Um, so yeah, pat yourself on the back. And even if you do just want to wake up and lay in bed and watch shows, that's okay. Hey, I've spent many days watching Netflix all day long in bed in pajamas. Oh, there's some good shit on Netflix. <laughs> we, we've discovered it all. I know I as well will get panicky and anxious if I get nothing in quotations done in the day. Um, but then I have to remind myself, it's okay to just be still. It's okay to just take advantage of really having nothing to do. That's a DBT skill. Oh, mm-hmm. well, shit. Give me a therapist license. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Props for the impromptu. Well, and so our body knows this. We know what we need. And so sometimes just the DBT skill is listening to our body. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. And if your body is wanting to just sit and do nothing, let it. I think too often we feel like we have to accomplish 14 things on your list by noon. Uh, and it's okay to not even have a list sometimes or ever. It's whatever works for you. And even though I feel less anxious if I accomplish shit, I have to remind myself relaxing accomplishes shit. It's great. It's okay to just sit and let your body just be. And to relax during a global pandemic where we don't have anything that's stable, being able to relax in that environment is a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, we love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you. So that was an amazing interview. I love Kimberly so much. She's so great. She is. She always says things and I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to implement that. Yes, that's so good. I know. And I love her story time idea. That's so fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. And Mm -hmm. how great for her to want to do that. And she loves Fred Rogers. I love that, too. Okay. Wait, speaking of story time, we, we haven't really talked about sleepy shorts lately. Well, you know... That uh, cooking show that I referenced in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Is that taking up all your time, little Miss Mary? Well, you know, oddly, there's an advertisement for Sleepy Shorts at the beginning of that oh, episode. Shit. Look yeah. at you weaving everything together. <laughs> mm-hmm. I might need to uh, weave some more stories together to get up on Sleepy Shorts. True. We have a stack of stories ready for us to record yeah. when we have some free time. We have an amazing story writer. Oh, God, she's so good. I'm not even going to give her name out because I don't want anyone else using her because we keep her busy. Yeah, we do. Her name's Britt, and we found her on Fiverr. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Shelly's (laughs) shitty at keeping secrets. Has anyone else figured that out? I kept it for like a half second. (laughs) You did? You did? That was a new record for you, I think. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, yes, Sleepy Shorts. Short stories. For bedtime. For bedtime. Yeah. The pandemic is keeping you up at night. Mm -hmm. Then you just put on a Sleepy Shorts episode, and we will lull you to sleep with our boring voices. Mm-hmm. Speaking of boring voices, mm. um, you see places. What about it? Boring voices meaning it's our voices, but we're not being boring on this um, podcast that we're doing for the UC Places app. That's going to be out very soon. Yeah. So be prepped. 
We'll let you know exactly what the name of it is. We have a few episodes recorded. We I think, think it's, it's UC Places Travel Podcast. Is that what it is? That's okay. what it is. Cool. I, <laughs> I think you can look that. I think you should know that. I love advertising the wrong names of things. Who <laughs> <laughs> gets so many listeners mm-hmm. to somebody else's podcast. Yeah. Check that out. The only reason I'm not 100% sure it's up yet is because during this time of kind of craziness where the world is acting crazy and real busy— it may not be distributed fully yet. Mm-hmm. So that's we'll get a, there, though. that's probably a rolling distribution, but you never know. Check on your favorite podcast app for UC Places, the letter U, the letter C, Places, all one word. Mm-hmm. Travel podcast. Mm-hmm. See if you can find it. Yep, yep. Just put a little bit of buzz in your ear. Yeah, it should be pretty fun. Also, it is G-rated, so feel free to listen to it with your family or your, if your kids are in the room. They might tell, learn something. You can tell your Mormon family and friends about it. Yeah. We don't rip on any of the cults. It's just all fun and funny and entertaining historical banter about uh, some tours we've created. So, yeah. Okay. Should we take a little commercial breakity break? Mm -hmm. And then when we come back, get to patron names? We're going to do patron names and channels names. Channels is blowing up. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun on there. For sure. Well, let's get to it. We'll be right back. We are supported by new dating app. Dating is difficult under even normal circumstances. Then try explaining your nutty religious upbringing to someone. Yeah, like the weird looks you get when you throw out expressions like, uh, what is that? Health in the navel, marrow in the, I don't know. Bones. Bones, okay. Strength in the loins and the seniors. Okay, listeners, maybe don't do that. No, don't do it. And now that you've left Mormonism, you've probably been kicked out of the singles ward. So now what? Download new an ex-Mormon dating app available on both Android and iPhone. Get ready to find post-Mormon love with someone who understands your background. Visit newdating.app and learn more. We are back. We are. Yes. With some patron stuff. We do have some patrons. I remember we had a week where we used up the last of the patron names and we were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then out of the blue... Patreon are like, exploded. Yeah, they're helping us out. I love yes, that. Yes, thank you. Honestly, thank you all so, so much. Super helpful for us. Help support what we do, and it makes me feel good on the inside. <laughs> and for real, if anyone feels like they cannot continue to contribute at their level, we're not going to take that personally, are we, Shelley? Um, if you have to leave. Please leave a note as you exit <laughs> and with the exit interview thing. With and lots of hearts. Lots of hearts and say, give me like a super sob story mm-hmm. um, so I can wipe my tears and be okay with your departure. Yeah. It's going to be okay, everybody. It's really going to be okay. <laughs> we understand everybody's got their situation. Yep. And they've got to take care of themselves first. Absolutely. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping Mary and Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First name, Lisa M. Are we still doing COVID names? Sure. What's the M for? Might as well stay in because I'm quarantined. Mm, Lisa, might as well stay in because I'm quarantined. I Thank like it. You Thank so you so much. Lisa. Next, Megan C. We've done corona and COVID no, so many we can't times. Do, um, coulda, coulda what? Coulda prevented the virus better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Megan. You coulda. What are you thinking? Get it together. <laughs> Next is Tiff G. And let me tell you how much I love Tiff G. I don't know her personally, um, but she pledged $20.20 per month, which isn't actually a tier. She made it up (laughs) just because 2020 has sucked so bad. This is the message she gave us. I was dying. Thank you, Tiff. I love it. G, G for 
Gosh, thank you so much, Tiff. I really say, appreciate that. Girlfriend, you're my new girlfriend. Oh, lordy. Doesn't take much, I guess, for me to be ousted. <laughs> Clearly, it takes $20.20 <laughs> a month. I guess it does. <laughs> Has Tiff received her coffee from Apostate? It is on its way. The great right. thing about Apostate Coffee is when you put your order in, they don't go looking in their warehouse like, do we have some of that back in the back? Mm-hmm. Right. They take the orders. They order the coffee once or twice a month. So what you're getting is... Fresh. Right. Fresh ground. I love it. That's a reminder. Anyone $20 tier and above, so $20.20 counts, (laughs) (laughs) you get a free bag of Les Bean Blend coffee. On us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So who else is on our list? I have one more patron. Her name is Tara D. D. Dagnabbit that quarantine's lasting a long time. When is the last time any of you said the word <laughs> dagnabbit? I might be a little grandma. It's true. true I was going to say Tara didn't just join Patreon. She went all badass and also in the same day joined channels. Wow. I know. She's like, I want all the videos. And I also want the ad-free podcast episodes that I get on Patreon. Yes. But Tara's like, I also want to just video chat face-to-face with Mary and Shelly. So I mean, it's a pandemic. Come it on. It is a pandemic. You might as well make friends. Exactly. We're having an awesome, awesome time on channels. Not going to lie. Yeah. And some of those channels members are single and quarantining, not seeing other friends. And so this is a great way to maintain community. Absolutely. And have a great time. We did this funny—well, actually, that's been posted everywhere, but it was— Starting out as Channel's video, mm-hmm. where a lesbian walks into a bar. <laughs> so there's this part of the UC Places office. It's just the two of us in mm-hmm. there. But we go in, and there's this one part right at the front desk where it looks like some receptionist could actually sit yeah. and wait on somebody. But it also, there's bar stools right there. Yeah, yeah. It's and a it looks bar. like a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably going to do some more... Um, Bartender moments. Yes. Can't help ourselves. We can't. In fact, we have someone who's going to be helping us out with mixology recipes. Oh, that's true. Matt yeah. and I. He's a bartender. He's a bartender. He's going to provide an audio clip of a fun drink recipe, because why not? And that can go on the podcast. But also, I think that we should try to make the cocktails. We don't really drink, though, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Remember that time where someone gave us a shitty review on the podcast and they said we sound like alcoholics? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't have to listen. Yeah. Mm -mm. But does that warrant a one-star no. I think that warrants five stars, personally. Yes. God. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. People are like, oh, I don't want to listen to it, so I'm giving it one star. Why don't you just go listen to something else and keep your one star I to your know. damn self? Or I we'll know. make a t-shirt out of you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We need to make an I'm an alcoholic uh, Latter-day Lesbian t-shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or might be an alcoholic. Yes. I'll have to go back and see what it says. For sure. Can I read a couple more channels members' oh, names? yeah, yeah, yeah. Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. <laughs> Thinking that's not her name on her birth certificate. I don't know. You think? I mean, I don't want to assume anything. Is she royalty? Yeah. Princess. <laughs> Hello. Okay. And the final member we're announcing today is Kimberly Anderson, who we just talked to for the last hour. Oh, my gosh. This is full circle. Mm-hmm. Mary. Yes, Shelley. How do people join us on Patreon and on channels? Well, I'm so glad you asked. So Patreon is patreon.com slash Latterday Lesbian or on Marco Polo channels. You can just go to our website, latterdaylesbian.org slash 
Polo. Because it is a Marco Polo. It really is. Subsidiary. Is that the right word? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. We use it. <laughs> That's a fancy word for you. I don't know what it means. It's several syllables. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Mary likes to act like I'm a dumbass. <laughs> this girl lasted for two and a half years of college. Really well done. Way to go. <laughs> and it was Brigham Young. <laughs> I mean, two of the years were junior college where I played basketball on scholarship, which should have been a clue that I was a lesbian. Um, but also my coaches were usually my math teachers, and that's how I passed. Well, whatever. I have a music degree. What do I know? I'm not a scholar. Anywho. <laughs> uh, As she pushes her glasses up her right. nose. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pushing those glasses up. We would like to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And for the rest of you, remember, steer clear of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And cults. And cults, because all of that stuff, no joke. No joke at all. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.